0: Malachi chapter 3 and Luke chapter 2. We were talking in Sunday school. Um, we, we, uh, the question was asked where it was commanded in the Scripture for us to celebrate and observe the birth of our Lord. And the answer is, it's not. Uh, We are commanded as believers to observe the death. And um, the way we do that is through the Lord's Supper. And so in order to observe that properly as has been commanded to us, you have to be saved and baptized. um, And then you can properly observe that commandment to observe His death. Uh, So nowhere in the Scripture are we commanded to observe His birth. But I do think it's good to observe. But we're not commanded to. That's not a commandment. We could go our whole life without ever observing Christmas, and God wouldn't mind that one bit. Uh, But I do think um, that it is good to, to, you know, um, now I will say this, it's not on December 25th. Uh, It's just not. But that's the day that, that not only this nation, but many nations have set aside, and I know you can trace it back to pagan and popish traditions and all of that, but you can rightly observe it without doing what they do. And so I do think it's good in order for there to be a death, there had to be a birth. So I'm extremely thankful for the birth of our Lord and Savior. And I'm going to touch on that probably the next few weeks. Uh, But but Malachi chapter number 3 and verse 1, this says, Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And I'm just going to stop right there. Uh, Now turn to Luke chapter 2, and this is uh, probably the most familiar Christmas uh, story in the the scripture that you refer to as a Christmas story. Uh, Matthew has some, uh, and then Luke has some, but... Uh, but I'm going to read uh, the first 20 verses or so in Luke 2. Uh, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one unto his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, and to Judea, and to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David Celebrate the birth of our Lord. Nowhere in the Word of God again will you find that. Um, but I will say, the angels rejoice, and I think it is a cause for us to rejoice as well. Uh, even though it's not a commandment, and he didn't he didn't make any um, anything stating that. I do think the birth is a cause for rejoicing. Not like the world celebrates this holiday. And you might say, Preacher, that would be better suited for Christmas Eve service on Sunday. Maybe it would, but I might be dead by then, or you might be, or we all might be. I don't know, so this is what we've got today. Uh, but I want to think about just uh, just one word. It's been on my mind this week, and, and I've touched on it here before, I think. Uh, but if I can't remember it, then you probably don't either. Uh, but that word is suddenly. Uh, and, and I read it to you in Malachi... Uh, that was the last prophecy, the last book of the Old Testament. Between the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew, there were 400 years of silence that God uh, did not speak by His prophets. They had, they had the Old Testament. They, uh, they had those prophecies. Uh, but 400 years is a long, long time uh, to go without hearing from heaven, without anything uh, but darkness in those days. And it, was, uh, it had to be as dark of a time that this world has ever known. Uh, For 400 years, the light of God uh, was was not put out. I mean, he still worked during those times, and there were believers in those times, and there were people that were saved in those times, but there were no prophecies during those times. And so uh, so Malachi, at the end of his uh, prophecy, he said that word. He said, Behold, uh, the one that you seek, shall suddenly come into His temple. And I just want to talk about that one word. Uh, We witnessed the storms that moved through, and I realized that you could see those things tracking from a long ways away as they came from the southwest, and and we knew they were on their way, but yet at the same time, uh, even though we knew they were coming, uh, when it comes upon your community, it tends to happen suddenly. And so there are things that will happen in your life that will be suddenly. And these people were, uh, were uh, for 400 years waiting. Uh, they had been waiting for thousands of years. Uh, since the time in the Garden of Eden. Uh, when God prophesied that, uh, that he would raise up his son. That should be born of a woman. Uh, the seed of the woman. Not the man. But the seed of the woman. Uh, should defeat the great enemy. Called Satan and the devil. And so that prophecy hanged there for a long long Time, thousands of years down through Abraham. uh, He saw Christ's day uh, through prophecy and through visions and was glad. Uh, Moses saw Christ's day uh, when he said, There's going to come one like unto me, him shall ye hear. Isaiah probably out of all the Old Testament writers uh, probably saw more of Christ's day than anybody else. Uh, Isaiah wrote, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bring forth a son. And unto us the son is born, into us a is born. And unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Uh, Isaiah saw uh, the glory of God in the temple that filled uh, his train, filling the temples and the heavenly places. Isaiah saw that uh, crucified Son of God uh, seven or eight hundred years before that would come to pass. Isaiah saw much of the Lord. Uh, Down through the ages in the Old Testament scriptures, all the time they were waiting for one thing, and they were waiting for the thing that Malachi said it will happen, and it will happen suddenly, and it will happen without you, without warning. It will come at once, and suddenly the one whom you seek uh, shall suddenly come into that temple. And now, fast forward those 400 years, and you come to a little place, uh, and a little priest, uh, by the Name of Zachariah, and his wife was named Elizabeth. And in those days there were still a uh, thanks be to God, God-fearing Hebrew, uh, men and women. And Zacharias was a priest of God and certainly a God-fearing Hebrew. And all of a sudden, suddenly uh, Gabriel appeared unto this man named Zacharias. Uh, Zacharias was in the temple. It was his time. And it may have been the only time that he ever got to do what he was doing. For they had lots in those days. And they were many priests. Only one high priest. But Zacharias was one of the many priests in that day. And and his lot on this particular day uh, was to go into the temple and burn incense before the throne. Before the altar rather uh, of incense. And so he was standing there. Uh, Zacharias was a God-fearing man no doubt about that his wife was a God-fearing woman no doubt about that Uh, but he was troubled and she was troubled Uh, you see they wanted children to not have children in that day uh, was a curse it was an insult it was a thing that brought shame on youth and they had no child and now they were both well past the childbearing years there was simply no hope that they should ever bring into this world a little boy or a little girl they had nobody uh, to to, uh, to, to uh, care for and to nurture and Zacharias these things was probably in his heart and in his mind but still he was faithful unto his God whether he had a child or not he still loved his God that's important uh, when God doesn't give you the things that you want sometimes so badly in this life it's still important that you remember God loves you and you Love God, and so Zacharias went into that and he done the best that he could. He done everything that was required of him by the law of God and by the law of Moses. And but as he was in that temple, the congregation of Israel was gathered on the outside. That temple was separated. If you, would, if you would think of behind this door, it's the holy of holies that no man can enter in save the high priest. And then outside of that was the holies, and that. That's where Zachariah stood and, and offered that right before the altar of incense that led into that holy of holies. So Zachariah was in this place, and everybody else was on the outside of the sanctuary, and he was in there all alone. And suddenly there came a vision, and this angel named Gabriel. He said, "Zacharias, fear not." And Zacharias saw him, saw Gabriel, the angel standing there, and he was sore afraid. And then the angel said, "Zacharias, don't you be afraid." He said, "My name is Gabriel," and he said, "You are going to have a son, and you're." going to name that son John and that son shall be the prophet of the highest. And that son shall bring many and prepare a people for the Son of God. Your son, John Zacharias, John the Baptist, he will be known and he's going to prepare a people and teach them teach them the remission of sins. And so about six months after that, that same angel suddenly appeared unto Mary. He was betrothed and engaged but legally bound to Joseph. And they did Know one another carnally. They did not cohabitate together. And but that same Gabriel came. Suddenly, and he showed up to Mary and when he showed up to Mary and Mary did what Zacharias did she was scared and he said Mary, he said don't you be afraid he said from now to the end of time all generations will call you blessed he said the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and Mary you're going to have a child and she said how can these things be I've never known a man I don't know no carnival with a man. How can I have a child? And Gabriel said unto her, don't you worry about that. In other words, he said that the power of the Holy Ghost It's going to overshadow you. And so that thing that shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And Mary said, Be it unto me according to thy word. Now that was important. She could have been stoned to have a child out of wedlock in those days. Their culture wasn't near as loose as ours in America today. It's no big thing for us in America to do that. I will say this. It's still a sin. It's still a sin. But it was uh, back then in those days. Uh, it was a, it was an offense that Mary could have been stoned. And she still said, be it unto me, according to thy word. And now the, the popish religion today uh, says that Mary gave birth unto God. She didn't know such thing. She gave birth unto the God-man. She gave birth unto Jesus. Uh, The popish religion today uh, pray unto the Virgin Mary. Uh, They worship the Virgin Mary. We ought not do that. Uh, But as Baptists today, we probably don't give her enough respect. And of all the Hebrews, here she was, just a, probably a teenage girl and a Hebrew. Uh, but she was one that, that Malachi wrote about. Uh, no doubt, these teenage girls from uh, from the time those prophecies begin to uh, uh, begin to be said out loud and written down, every teenage girl around that place uh, in Bethlehem of Judea uh, was wondering who it was going to be. And God chose Mary above any woman who's ever walked the face of this earth. He chose her. He chose her to bring His Son into this world. Happen at any rate. I'll quickly move along. That happened suddenly. Suddenly, that same angel appeared unto Joseph. And Suddenly, that same angel said, "Joseph, don't you be afraid. You take Mary unto your wife, and you're going to be sort of a stepfather unto the Son of God. But that thing that is in Mary's womb, it is a holy child, and you shall call His name Jesus." For he shall save his people from their sins. Mary suddenly went and found Elizabeth, that same Elizabeth that was married to John the Baptist, for they were cousins and kin and Mary went into Elizabeth and when Mary came to Elizabeth you know what the Bible says that Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary and she said from whence would the mother of my Lord come into my home for since the time that you walked in here and began to speak uh, John the Baptist that day left inside my womb for joy just to be near him was to be full of joy and so uh, so they talked and suddenly uh, they left As she left and came back home. Well now in this reading suddenly, suddenly uh, Herod, uh, Herod and Caesar had a falling out. You think that God doesn't work everything after the counsel of His own will? Mary was from a little town called Nazareth in Galilee. Mary had no business being in Bethlehem Judea. But in Bethlehem Judea is where the prophecy according to Micah should be that there shall come forth a ruler of Israel and there shall the Christ child be born, that one whose going forth have been from old even from everlasting. And so how would Mary, a little teenage Hebrew in, 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 in Nazareth in Galilee, how would she ever end up in Bethlehem where Jesus had to be born? Suddenly, a decree from Caesar Augustus went out. Never had happened before until now. God works everything after the counsel of His own will. It's not for me and it's not for you to know the times and all of that. That resides with God himself. But God made a way. And God suddenly had Caesar uh, make this decree. Uh, So that's what happened. Mary and Joseph uh, went to Bethlehem to be registered and to be taxed. And as they got to Bethlehem, uh, wouldn't you know the time? She would have never traveled in that state. Being nine months pregnant, she would have never made that journey had she not been forced to by that decree. But at any rate, God brought about that decree meant for evil and He turned it into one of the greatest things. That's ever walk on this day. It is the greatest thing. The birth of our Lord. So the time said should be accomplished. And Paul put it like this. That according to the fullness of time. God brought forth his son born of a woman. And born under the law. This was that fullness of time. This was that time that Malachi 400 and some years ago. Had said he shall suddenly appear. He'll suddenly come upon the scene. And so they were there in Bethlehem to be counted. And to be taxed and to be registered, and now here she is, great with child, and the time came that she should be delivered. And the Scripture says, I believe she had an easy birth, she brought forth that firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the end. He was the only one that's ever, ever, ever been born a king. Kings of this earth are not born kings. They are born princes. And upon the death of their father, uh, they get the title king. Uh, But your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born king of the Jews. He was born a king. And he got a king, uh, but he came suddenly in a little place that's just a spot on the map. And uh, Bethlehem was a special place. It was the place where David was from. It was special, to, but it didn't have the pomp and circumstance as Jerusalem. Uh, but little Bethlehem, uh, there was this little virgin woman uh, named Mary, and her and her betrothed Joseph, and now they have a little baby. And uh, no fanfare surrounded his birth. Uh, there was nobody that came. Uh, just see His birth. As far as the rest of the world knew, it was an ordinary night and nothing had happened. But there were some shepherds that were abiding in their field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the scripture says suddenly, suddenly an angel of the Lord came to them. And suddenly that angel appeared. And those shepherds, it's an amazing thing. God didn't reveal this birth. He didn't reveal it to to scribes and Pharisees. He didn't, he didn't ever reveal it to the wealthy in those days. But shepherds were probably despised. He revealed it to the poorest of the poor, just some shepherds. He also revealed it by His star, which we'll get into another time, to wealthy men. But this night, and this event, and this birth, is good for every man, woman, and child that has ever and will ever be born. And so He revealed it to these shepherds. And suddenly the Scripture says He appeared. And suddenly that angel began to speak with Him. And suddenly that angel said, Don't be afraid. See not. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. You don't think that was a reason to rejoice? We're not commanded to celebrate his birth. Uh, but if it's good enough for an angel uh, to say this child, uh, this child, uh, this child born and laying in a manger, it's good news for you. And it's good news for everybody. Uh, for unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And uh, My goodness, that's what... That's what every Hebrew, every man, woman, and child from the day that Adam sinned up until this time, that's what they were waiting on. And they were waiting on the coming king. And they were waiting on the one that should be anointed that should come, born of a virgin. This angel suddenly declares that it has happened. After all the waiting, it didn't happen the way they thought. He wasn't born in a palace, that there wasn't nurses around him, and there wasn't anybody around him. Except his mom and dad, her mom and stepdad. That's it. But now the shepherds heard this. And, and, and when Gabriel said he's been born, then what happened suddenly? Suddenly, Suddenly, a multitude of the heavenly hosts began praising God. Suddenly, they appeared. They were there the whole time. But suddenly, they made themselves known. And to those poor shepherds abiding in that field, keeping watch over their flock by night, uh, suddenly the glory of God came. Suddenly, an angel named Gabriel came. And suddenly, the multitude of the heavenly host begin praising God. And what did they say? The glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace. Good will toward men. It happened suddenly. Just like Malachi said, those storms that moved through last night, you were flying in your home, or driving down the road, and suddenly out of nowhere, that's the way life is sometimes, suddenly without warning, all of a sudden you were in smooth waters. You were sailing alone on the old gospel ship and the old ship of Zion, sailing along in your marriage. Sailing along in your finances. Sailing along at your job. Sailing along with your health. And all of a sudden, without warning, you are in for the fight and the trial of your life. Sometimes it does happen that way. I thought different times in the Scripture where that word suddenly appears uh, and it appears an awful lot. Uh, Suddenly things happen. Uh, The Scripture says uh, that uh, that I thought about this this week. Suddenly He was born. He lived for 33 years or so and and all of a sudden He was on a cross. Uh, And just like that, uh, after about 6 hours of hanging on that cross, the Scripture says He bowed His head and He gave up the ghost. And suddenly the Son of God was dead. Suddenly, suddenly those apostles were without their shepherd. Suddenly Mary Magdalene had nowhere to go to. Suddenly Mary, the mother of Jesus had no firstborn son. He was gone suddenly. It was an easy death. I mean as far as passing it was horrible and cruel. The most cruel death and the most painful death that's ever been known. But just like that suddenly he bowed his head, and suddenly he was no more. And those apostles wondered, "What are we going to do? Our leader's gone. All of this for three years—it's always known—and suddenly he's not here. Suddenly we don't know what to do with ourselves. Suddenly we don't know how to get up in the morning. Suddenly there is no point of any of this." Suddenly, just as quickly as it began when He called those apostles and called them up on a mountain and His church came out of nowhere and He called it suddenly on the top of a mountain. This church that you enjoy today, wherever it is that you worship God and call your own, I'm going to tell you this, it was not in existence and then suddenly it was. And now just as suddenly as it came, they thought it was all over. There's no point. No point without Jesus. No point without our Lord. And suddenly they didn't know what to do. And three days went by. And there wasn't a peep, There wasn't a word. There was tears. There was sorrow. They didn't know what to do with their self. But on the third day, suddenly inside a little garden tomb, suddenly our Lord opened His eyes. And suddenly uh, breath came into his lungs. Uh, uh, Suddenly that heart began to beat. uh, And suddenly that blood uh, began to course one more time in Emmanuel's veins. Uh, And out of nowhere suddenly uh, that man of God walked out of the tomb. And suddenly he wasn't dead. Suddenly he was alive again. Suddenly he found his apostles. Suddenly he said, you go gather up the rest of them. You tell them to meet me in Galilee on the seashore. And suddenly they came. Suddenly he showed up to two of them on the road to Emmaus. And suddenly he expounded unto them from the gospels of Abraham and Moses all the way up to that time why he had to die. And suddenly they realized who it was. And suddenly he just vanished out of their sight. Suddenly they were in an upper room with the door shut and locked for fear of the priest and Jews, for fear of death. And suddenly out of nowhere without coming through the door, suddenly He appeared. Suddenly He looked at them. Suddenly He said, You see, I'm flesh and blood. I eat. I'm flesh. I'm like you. I'm not a ghost. And I'm not a spirit. Suddenly their teacher and their rabbi was with them again. And 40 days he walked with them. 40 days he talked with them until he gave them that commission. He said, you go forth and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But do this, you carry at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And they did. And 10 days went by and they hadn't seen him. I really think they thought he was going to go up and a few days later he was coming by. I really think that's what they thought. But that didn't happen. So day after day, for ten days they waited. He told them to wait there. And they waited there. And you know what happened after ten days? Go to Acts chapter 2. Suddenly it says, suddenly, suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And suddenly they were speaking when preaching with tongues like cloven fire. Suddenly Simon Peter wasn't timid. Suddenly Simon Peter didn't care if they stoned him or crucified him. Suddenly Simon Peter preached unto the multitude and suddenly 3,000 were saved. Suddenly. At one time. Suddenly the Apostle Paul before he was the Apostle Paul was on his way to Damascus to arrest anybody who called on that name of Jesus. Hated Jesus, hated everything about his church, hated everything about his apostles. Read Acts chapter 9. What happened? He said, Suddenly, suddenly, a light shone from heaven all at once. Suddenly, I saw that light and I was scared. Suddenly, I fell to the earth and began to call out to God. Do you remember, if you've been saved, do you remember what that was like? I mean, I was fine. I was under no conviction. There was nothing that troubled me. I was as carefree as carefree could be, sitting in a pew one night during a revival meeting at a little Methodist church. I was fine until suddenly I wasn't fine. You remember that feeling? It happened all at once, without warning. Suddenly I was lost. Suddenly I was scared. Suddenly I became a sinner, or realized that I was a sinner. I wish some of you would realize that, and I'm not trying to say this to be mean. it's true of all of us. You are a sinner. We say you need to be saved. That is true. Could I modify that just a little bit? You need to be forgiven. <laughs> you need to be forgiven because you are a sinner. Suddenly I realized that. I hadn't gone out and done much. I was a child. I hadn't committed murder. See, so you're, you, you're a sinner by nature. That's who you are. You're not a sinner because of anything that you've done. You sin because you are a sinner. And suddenly I realized that. Suddenly I trembled. Suddenly I found myself... Suddenly my heart broke. Suddenly I had a choice to make. Not raising my hand and repeating the prayer. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. There was no there was no magic in that altar that night. But there was a spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. You know what the scripture says when Jesus said to his disciples, He said, I've got to go. But he said, It's better for you if I go. He said, if I go away, I'll ask my Father, and He'll send you a spirit. It was that spirit. It was a person. It was the Lord and His Spirit. Walked through that church that night. Walked up and down those aisles. Walked in and out of those pews. And when He got to me, that spirit touched me. And suddenly I was scared. Suddenly I felt like the biggest sinner that had ever lived. Suddenly, I became lost that quick. You might become lost in this service. It's not going to come gradually. It doesn't just sneak its way in. It happens like that. Suddenly. And suddenly, I didn't know what to do. Suddenly, I was terrified. Suddenly, suddenly, I was drawn. And I went to the altar... That was where I was told was a good place. It is a good place. I think it helps the church to see sinners getting saved at an altar. But I wasn't concerned with any of that. I was concerned with my soul. And so I went. And suddenly I found myself without words to say over and over, save me, forgive me. Whatever it was, I don't remember what I said. But I knew I was in pain. And I knew I was hurting. And I knew what I was doing was the most serious thing that could ever be done by human men. And all of that pain and all of that sorrow and all of that trouble, you know what happened to it? It suddenly went away. It didn't gradually leave me that night. There was nothing gradual about it. I can't explain it to you in any other way. But suddenly it wouldn't matter. And suddenly there was a smile on my face. Suddenly I'd been saved. Suddenly I'd been redeemed. There have been things happen in my life. I was fine one Saturday afternoon on the yard and suddenly I was having a heart attack. Suddenly, almost died like those storms. Let me warn you, sinner friend. None of us know how we're going to be taken. Not one. Suddenly, it may come to you. Suddenly, without warning. We were on the road yesterday, twice on the interstate, twice a semi trailer and truck come over into our lane without warning. Suddenly, there was no time to do anything but jerk the steering wheel. And if there had been anything at either time in the other lane, we'd have probably be dead. Suddenly, without warning. The Lord that came into His temple according to Malachi, suddenly, that same Jesus is suddenly going to come back. Without warning. We've got the signs of the times. I realize that. But when He makes His appearing on this earth, it will be suddenly. In the Old Testament days, no matter what Moses told Pharaoh, no matter plague after plague after plague, when the death of the firstborn came, it came suddenly. And there was not a house without one dead. Suddenly our bridegroom comes. Suddenly He's going to appear. When is that going to be? I have no idea. But He's not going to come part of the way and gradually canope. He's coming suddenly. How you depart this life, I have no idea. You could be sick and languishing on a bed. I don't, nobody wants that. Or you could come suddenly and go suddenly. You could be with mom and daddy one minute, husband and wife one minute, and the Scripture says two will be in the field, one will be taken suddenly, and one left. Suddenly, they waited thousands of years for suddenly to appear. But when suddenly appeared in that little manger, those shepherds said, let's go. They had no proof, but they believed what the angel said. They said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing which has come to pass. They believed it had come to pass. And then when they seen it with their eyes, it was just as had been told to them. Brother Danny read this morning Luke chapter 16 in Sunday school. A rich man and Lazarus both died suddenly in one night. Suddenly, the angels carried Lazarus into Abraham's bosom. Suddenly, those of us who have been saved when our time is up down here, Suddenly, we're going to draw our last breath. And suddenly, we're going to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior. Suddenly, reunited with folks that we love that have gone on. Suddenly, suddenly, we'll all be gone. And suddenly, the sinner will draw your last breath. And suddenly, in hell, you will lift up your eyes. Being in torments, suddenly you'll cry out for one, one, one drop of water. Suddenly. Suddenly you'll realize you should have gotten right with God. Suddenly you'll realize that there was something of that crying, shouting, spitting, preaching. Suddenly you'll realize. It's too late. Suddenly we'll be caught up together with Him to meet the Lord in the air. Suddenly you'll be fallen, fallen, fallen. He is the God of suddenly. Your life could be perfect right now. Suddenly, we talked in Sunday school and I'm done. We talked in Sunday school this morning about Job. Job was hedged in. Job was wealthy. Job was powerful. Job was rich. Job was healthy. Job had ten children. All of them were healthy. And suddenly, everything was taken. Ten children gone. Oxen gone. Camels gone. Houses gone. Health gone. Suddenly. 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 It happens quick. What would you do if you woke up and everything was gone? Those people in the storms last night, suddenly they have nothing left. Would you still love God? Yes, ma'am. I love Him because whatever else happens in my life, I had a suddenly happened one time. And suddenly He reached out and saved this sinner's soul. And because of that, I love him. No matter no matter what else might happen, because of that, suddenly there's coming another suddenly for me. Caught up out of here. Suddenly, is he dealing with you today? Suddenly, maybe he never has before. Maybe he is now. Maybe it happened suddenly. I know we've got play practice and business meeting. We can put all of that off if need be. Suddenly, if you're lost. Certainly you need to be saved. Get your song ready.